0: What's up, guys, and welcome back to the DualSense podcast. This is episode 84. I am one of your co-hosts, Jason, and I'm joined, as always, this evening by Mr. Philip Pants, also known as Travis. Travis, what's going on tonight? Not much today, Gran Turismo 7 made me fill up my pants. (laughs) I get it now. I was wondering where you were going to go with that. Uh. Uh (laughs) Oh, It's good. I bet it did make you fill up your pants. Yeah, it's a good Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, did you have to get you a clean pair of shorts after that state of play the other yeah. evening? Shorts and pants. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. I see that. I we're gonna get into, we're going to get into that, but I uh I was impressed. Yeah, but uh, anyway, Travis, I um I did want to tell you that when I showed up to work this morning, it's a uh, snowy, icy morning here and most places were closed, but not I. So, anyway, I reported to work like a good boy, like a good lad, and uh, expected, you know, the building was locked and I was going to get there early and, you know, do a few things before expecting some people for an event. And I showed up, got to my office, took my jacket off, walked into the room that I was going to to do a few things. And lo and behold, there was an older gentleman in there <laughs> and he had somehow made his way into the building startled me and he had been there for at least an hour probably two and he had everything four tables worth of shit 18th century fair mm-hmm. set up and he hit, he was just having the time of his life
1: was he setting up or was he a vendor or was he a
0: he was a vendor for this event yes oh. he was participating as a vendor in this event And he had four tables of pelts and musket rifles and just bullshit not only that He finds me later on because he drove up and stayed the night last night and then, you know, was planning to come to the venue today. Well, apparently everything that he had was in the, in the bed of a pickup truck, not a trailer, not inside a vehicle. So he brought everything in. It was snow and ice covered. So naturally, once it sits in the room temperature, what happens? It thaws and melts. There was literally a flood on the floor from all of the shit melting. It was unbelievable, <laughs> he just comes and asks me for a mop, buddy. we don't need a mop, we need like a an extract we, we need <laughs> we need like an extractor. we need like the biggest shop back that exists <laughs> known to man anyway yeah
1: it looked like they uh dropped the wildfire load of water
0: on your on your floor there <laughs> exactly. moral of the story is these boomers out here, man, my god they they made it through Vietnam, but they can't fucking come to a damn 18th century marketplace. Yeah, you're trying to sell that stuff. Why would you not <laughs> Why would you not cover it? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Travis, I promise and we promise the audience that we are a PlayStation podcast. You and I get together every week and we discuss all things PlayStation, like news, rumors, new games, and more. We do it all in under 90 minutes. And we post new episodes every Monday on all of the usual podcast services around the world, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the big ones. We also post our new episodes to YouTube. if you're interested in watching your podcast for some reason, we also post game streams and clips there as well and uh, also find us on social media if you want to talk with us, hit us up on Twitter at the DualSense Pod as well as Instagram and Facebook. I share some virtual photography, some screenshots on the Instagram if that piques your interest. We also have a blog, a website, if you will. It's called, let me get this right this week. The DualSense Podcast.wordpress.co. You can see our lovely faces there and keep up with our episode streams there as well. Without further ado, Travis, let's jump into what is a quite busy week of news. It's a it's a big episode and no worries, though. We'll get through it in, in less than 90, one way or the other. It's the beauty of the editing room. But uh, this first one, I'll admit, it's it's a big one. It's a lengthy one. It's a big, lengthy, girthy bastard. So you guys just relax for a minute and let me have some diarrhea of the ma- mouth and get this get this all out to you. But uh, just relax and take it in the sweet, sultry sounds. Here we go. Number one. Sony Interactive Entertainment jumped head-on into the acquisition war this week as they announced a deal to acquire Bungie, the creators of Halo and Destiny, for $3.6 billion, with a B. Website gamesindustry.biz reported that following the closure of the deal, Bungie will be an quote-unquote independent subsidiary of SIE run by a board of directors consisting of current CEO and chairman Pete Parsons and the rest of the studio's management team Bungie will remain a multi-platform developer with Sony giving them the option to, quote, self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play, end quote. Sony is also earmarking $1.2 of the $3.6 billion to implement a staff retention program that will pay bonuses to employees who remain at the studio for a set amount of time once the deal closes. In other words, Sony will be spending an average of about $1 million per employee to keep them at the company long term. Bungie is currently working on continued support for Destiny 2, expanding the Destiny IP into other mediums, and developing a brand new IP that is due out sometime in 2025. Both Sony and Bungie made it clear the deal is about more than games, as SIE president and CEO Jim Ryan stated, quote, This is an important step in our strategy to expand the reach of PlayStation to a much wider audience, end quote. While Bungie's Pete Parsons added, quote, Both Bungie and SIE believe that game worlds are only the beginning of what our IP will become. Our original universes have immense potential and, with SIE support, we will propel Bungie into becoming a global multimedia entertainment company dedicated to delivering on our creative vision." To that end, Bungie hired Derek Tsai this week, the former director of Riot Games' League of Legends animated shorts. This deal marks the second time Bungie has been acquired by a platform holder, after Microsoft originally acquired the studio in June of 2000 to secure their landmark shooter Halo as an exclusive title for the original Xbox's 2001 launch. Bungie became independent once again in October of 2007 before signing a 10-year deal with Activision in 2010, which led to the creation of the Destiny franchise. The deal between Sony and Bungie seems to revolve around expanding the PlayStation brand and IP in new ways that permeate outside of the traditional console gaming space, according to Jim Ryan, who said, quote, "We are starting to go multi-platform. You've seen that. We have an aggressive roadmap with live services and the opportunity to work with and particularly learn from the brilliant and talented people from Bungie. That is going to considerably accelerate the journey we find ourselves on." End quote. It seems clear that Sony is on the hunt for its own Fortnite, Call of Duty, or Grand Theft Auto, a sales and revenue behemoth in the live service space. As Ryan went on to say, "Quote." Offering the opportunity to enjoy these experiences in a completely different way is something that we are very excited about. I can't go into details today, but we have a really amazing roadmap on how to do that. I would back us to do live service games ourselves, but when you have the potential to have a partner like Bungie who has been there, done it all before, learned the lessons, we think we can take something that would have taken a certain number of years and significantly decrease the time it will take to get it right, end quote. For context... Sony stated on their third quarter financial earnings call this week that they plan to release 10 live service games by March of 2026. And finally, to wrap things up here, Jim Ryan told GamesIndustry.biz that Sony has no plans to stop here. With further acquisitions on the horizon, as Ryan stated, quote, We should absolutely expect more. We are by no means done. With PlayStation, we have a long way to go. We have many more moves to make end quote. So uh, what, what's your takeaway from any of this? You just start wherever you like. I know it's a lot, but uh, there's a lot to work through there. It's a it's a very big news item, a very big move. So what do you think? Just to jump on the first thing that really
1: pops out is, you know, Jim saying that we're going to make Bungie into a global multimedia entertainment company. That is a very big thing to say. Mm-hmm. And that's, that might be some reaching there. I'm not sure that's even feasible I mean, as a feasible goal for anybody, I'm not sure that that's realistic. So that's interesting. And there's a couple of levers to pull outside of that. Those seem like kind of, that seems like the biggest thing to me. If that's the initial earmarked goal, then you can kind of see where those levers would be. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely about, about more than games. So we've seen Sony make Uncharted movie, um, Last of Us TV series. So I think it's fair to presume there'll be some sort of bungee tv show coming out of this especially since they hired the guy from league of legends the derrick guy so there'll definitely be something whether it's animated uh actor done if it's a movie or a tv series or whatever mm-hmm. hell it might be comic books might be all three i don't know so that's definitely a thing they're going to do with Bungie, and that's kind of the way you expand that into a global multimedia platform uh, sony definitely wants to do that so as far as sony being on the hunt for its own sort of Fortnite thing that makes sense um I'm interested to see what exactly happens with this. So the the good thing about Bungie is they've been owned before. Like you said, they were owned by Microsoft. They've been owned by Activision. So they're used to being owned by some other platform. And they're allowed to keep their own direct division with their board of directors and their current president. So basically what Sony's doing is saying, do whatever you want. Go wherever you want. Uh, we'll have some ideas we can throw in. We We want a live service. We want this. We want that. But you can do it in your own way. Use your expertise and your experience. So. I think that Bungie's been allowed to work like this in the past sort of with an overlord uh but they're allowed to move within that in the waters how they wanted. Mm. So I think that that's going to be the same. Um mm. as far as what Sony goes, I don't know how much this changes for them individually as a group. I guess it's more like what I mean um because right. they've been there like this before. So I, I think I think we'll see something else and. You know, with Activision, we saw the Destiny franchise become something new. I wonder what that new franchise will be with Sony. It would be kind of crazy for them not to do something new based off of the Sony partnership. I think that's a thing we can expect. But yeah, I mean, again, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of stuff getting done. But the speed that this happened after Microsoft made their acquisition, Mm -hmm. you know, there's no way this acquisition of Bungie comes together that quickly. Like like They've been working on this for a while. They must have. Oh, yeah. Known what Microsoft was doing for a while. Um, I think this is a, a clear response to that. It's funny that they bought Bungie, who made you know Phil Spencer's favorite game, which is Halo. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of funny. I, I feel like that has less the least amount to do with them buying Bungie, oh, but yeah. I would say it definitely has at least a percent. Um, because it's just kind of funny. Right. But the overall, the big thing to me what this says is, you know, Bungie is going to be a, a sort of a bargaining chip, another lever they can pull to make sure that certain games are cross-platform from Microsoft.
0: As in Call of Duty?
1: Yes. And I think that they're kind of using this like, hey, well, we technically own Halo now, so if you want to pull that with COD, guess what? We'll put Halo on PlayStation and it'll kill. <laughs> so that's fine. So I think that they're doing that. They're kind of hedging their bets because we were all kind of like, well, what's a, you know, PlayStation needs an FPS that's their own if, if they might lose COD. Well, now they bought Bungie, so they could say it's Halo. So I think there's some, some fire there that maybe Sony had done their research. They had their P's and Q's. It's kind of like, you know, like we always talk about how athletic directors have a list of coaches. They can, they can call if one of their coaches leaves, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, we'll call this basketball coach, whatever, whatever. I think that Sony and Microsoft, both, they must have these lists of studios or other platforms they can buy or whatever other leaders in other industries, even, um, that they're like, hey, you know, if, if X, Y, or Z happens, this is what we'll do. These is, these are our top five. So I think, right. you know, PlayStation kind of got wind of what's going on with Call of Duty. They knew they needed an FPS. Who has the best FPS we can buy? Bungie. They have Destiny, which is awesome. Uh they have Halo, which is awesome. So you see what I'm saying? Like they've kind of hedged themselves. I think they're in a really good position there. But they also are giving Bungie a fuckload of backing. Mm-hmm to where they can keep their talent also, but they can also expand their company in a different way that maybe they've wanted to do, but they couldn't with Activision. So I think this is really interesting. And of all the moves that they could have made, I feel like this is probably the one that is the most interesting to me.
0: Well, so first off, in fairness, although Bungie created Halo, they no longer own the, the IP itself. Microsoft does own Halo, so... Well,
1: they can make one called Balo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they could they could they could call it halo for playstation but yeah so microsoft does own halo however uh bungie obviously owns uh all of destiny so i have a lot to say about this i guess i'll start with the fact that at first when this first was announced i was like i didn't know it well i was like oh cool okay so now you know destiny their future game that's coming out that's all exclusive to playstation you know that's that's playstation's mo that was naturally my thought then you read the the news stories about how they're going to remain multi-platform they're not going to make bungie you know take games off of anywhere or keep games from coming to any platform and you're like okay that's interesting that's very new for sony you know this which really just started with mlb the show last year but we as we know their hand was forced to bring mlb to xbox by major league baseball itself or they risked losing that license is our hypothesis on that. So that's a little bit of a different story in terms of why the show is on Xbox versus, you know, allowing Destiny and Bungie games to continue to come to Xbox. So that was first of all a big shift for Sony. Then you're like, okay, so it's not exclusive. It's coming to wherever Bungie wants to put it on. Okay, well, their next game, that's that one's exclusive. No, then they say, We're going to let him games reach players wherever they want to okay so what are we doing <laughs> you know because this isn't <laughs> playstation not the one we know the funny thing is i almost texted you that night and we like hey let's do a, like a 30 minute like emergency you know bonus episode on this because this is big but i'm glad we didn't because as the week went on people who were obviously smarter than me started writing stories about this and it brought it in brought it into perspective in the in terms of yes. Sony spent a fuck ton of money on Bungie, but this obviously appears to to be about having that revenue stream because, you know, we've talked before about how Call of Duty is the microtransactions are such a big part of PlayStation's revenue, you know, and add-ons in general, as we're going to talk about here in just a moment. So there was probably a fear that they got wind of, like you said, this deal has been in the works for a while, five or six months there's probably been a little bit of a fear or a desire to have something, a cash cow of their Mm -hmm. own in Bungie that they can say, yeah, we own 100% of that. It's going to still come everywhere, but that's cool because guess what? Now we get all of the revenue for that, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of, uh, you know, we get the 70% cut, even though Xbox is going to take their 30 every time they sell a copy on Xbox, we're going to, we're going to get the other 70. So it's, You know, it's that—that's the biggest takeaway for me, is that they had this. They're going to have this massive revenue stream now that they can tap into. They're going to have that. They're going to keep that going with the future game in twenty twenty five. Secondarily, it's become pretty clear that. And and I wish I could. I wish I could find some more insight on how this works, like how Sony PlayStation Studios work with each other, because they've been talking Mm -hmm. a lot this week about how. Bungie's going to work with PlayStation Studios. Bungie's going to help us make these live service games. They're going to help us produce these live service games, do it the right way, yada yada yada. Well, what does that look like? You know, because it's hard to imagine Bungie being in—I think they're in Seattle, or well, I think they're in Washington, whatever. It's hard to imagine, you know, <laughs> Insomniac, who's in North Carolina, you know, go, calling up Bungie and be like, "Hey, we're going to make whatever live service game. Like, tell us how to do it." Or I, like, I don't. I just want to know how that works. Like I'm not saying it's. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it can't happen, and it does. It won't happen. I just don't know how that works, that I want to know. So they've made it clear that that is a big component of it. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, and the reason why is because I think Bungie has like over 800 employees. So right. they, as far as I know, that's now the biggest first party studio that PlayStation has um, of 800 maybe 900 employees. So that's huge. Mm -hmm. So they can dedicate a team of a hundred people, which is a massive team. Right. It's a lot. They could dedicate a hundred people to be, you know, some type of team that helps other studios with the live service titles, you know, it's possible. So anyway, kind of rambling, but I guess to your point also that about their becoming a multimedia company, you know, doing TV or whatever, I think that's, a no-brainer. I think that's a foregone conclusion. You know, Destiny, the games are, have a ton of lore, a lot mm-hmm. of world building, whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think that's, it's, it's set up to be like a Netflix animated series or something like that.
1: Yeah. It's got more lore than The Last of Us. Oh. Or Uncharted. <laughs> like way <more. laughs> Absolutely. So, like, I mean, to be honest with you, though, you could make a
0: you could make an animated series about like the fucking books in Skyrim. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you really could. Yeah. And so it's just like that because there's all this lore and destiny. You could have a t. you could have multiple TV shows. You could have a TV show. You could have a book series. You could have you could have, a, you know, a trilogy of movies like what you could do all kinds of shit. It's so much more. So that's clearly the direction that they're wanting to go at some point with that. We already see the seeds of that. We have a Twisted Metal show coming. We've got the Uncharted movie. We've got the last of a show coming. So the, Those mm-hmm. things are, al- are aligned between Bungie and Sony. Uh, that does make sense. I'm trying to see if there's anything else here that I, I don't want to say. I guess really just to kind of wrap things up here because I feel like I'm rambling. There's just so much to talk about, but the last couple things here. First of all, big piece of news is that Sony is planning to release 10 live service games in the next four years.
1: Mm-hmm. Seems like that's a lot. a
0: lot. So we know about the Last of Us factions that Naughty Dog is making. That's clearly going to be mm-hmm. a live service game. We know about the mm-hmm. free-to-play Twisted Metal game. that's coming next year. Mm-hmm. That's two. Um, trying to think of any others. There's speculation that Guerrilla is making possibly another SOCOM game, maybe a Killzone game, because they have a, they have a whole other game in development. Um, with the guy who did Rainbow Six Siege directing that. So mm-hmm. that seems like a third one. There's there's seven more? Seven more in four like in four years. One of them Bungie's making, we know that. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah. That well, that's fair. Yeah. One of those so that's the fourth one. So there's six more. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna assume there's one from Marvels. So. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a pretty good bet. Okay, so let's say there's a Marvel one on the on the way somewhere from Insomniac, most likely. Although they seem tied up. I don't know. Well, so then the other ones, I think the three other second party studios that they're working with. Um, Deviation. I think they've said they're working on an online game. Um, I can't remember all of these. Deviation. There's another one that's the lady who used to work on Assassin's Creed. I don't remember hers. Uh, Haven. I think Haven is working on a game that's some type of live service, open world thing. So that that, uh, that might be six. Abandoned. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> You know what? Hideo Kojima, he could be, they, they could already be bought. Maybe he's working on a live service game. Who knows? Um, There's one other one I just thought about. Oh, Sony London studio. That's a first party studio. We know for sure they've said multiple times they're working on an online PS5 game. So there's another one. So yep. it's crazy. That's a lot in four years. Secondarily to that, That's really new for Sony because, you know, their big thing is single-player, like third-person action games, like Ghost of Tsushima, The Last of Us, you know, Horizon. That's their thing, right? Single-player games. So now they're obviously branching into this other thing with multiplayer games, and they've said that it's because they see that there's this massive year-over-year growth in add-on content, microtransactions, software sales. So it is what it is. And then finally... The very last thing I want to say is Sony's not done. Jim Ryan says they're going to make more acquisitions. Sounds like going to be relatively soon within the year. I don't know if you have any theories on that. I have one theory that I think is Mm -hmm. fairly obvious. I think that's Kojima Productions.
1: right. I I think this is
0: a, yeah, I think Bungie is a roadmap. I've talked about it on this show before. Kojima has come out and said that he wants to make film a film, he wants to do TV potentially, he wants to make music or whatever. He can do all that with Sony, Sony Pictures, Sony Music, Sony Television, mm-hmm. all that. PlayStation, it's right there. It's a Japanese company. Mm-hmm. They have a working relationship. I feel like that's a foregone conclusion. Absolutely. I mm-hmm. feel like that's a slam dunk. So, yeah. And
1: I do want to yeah. say shout out to the people who got really annoyed that I didn't know that Halo. Uh, was an IP owned by Microsoft. You're welcome. <laughs> well, you're not an Xbox gamer. Yeah. First of all, I'm a casual gamer, and I'm not an Xbox gamer, so suck it. <laughs> Second of that's all, that's what's good about this. Um, it's
0: buildy, casual, and hardcore and, nerd.
1: Right. And listen, listen. Also, nobody cares because it still is. still irritated Phil Spencer on some level. You know it did. <laughs> yeah. And secondarily,
0: um, maybe they'll buy us. Maybe. We're open. We're open for business. Yeah. Two or three dollars. Um. Yeah. So big big piece of news. Bungie mm-hmm. now 100% Sony ponies. I have a theory. Okay.
1: The 10th live service game, why uh-huh. not throw a dart at a wall and just try a live service sports game? Why not pick up a that soccer, you know, like oh, let that new wow. soccer game run for a year buy them, just see what happens like. Wow. Yeah, you know, that love could that. be why not. Why not? Because all those that. microtransactions, think about it—you could buy a roster update every year that's ten bucks. Mm-hmm. If you have, if you have two hundred thousand users, yeah, like you do the math—it's just easy money. Stadium I love upgrades, that. whatever. So, just thought.
0: Yeah, I love that. I like it. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to have the cojones, the mm-hmm. webos to do that. All right, let's move on. Number two, as we mentioned in the previous news story, Sony held their third quarter earnings call this week and detailed a healthy financial picture for the company. The Game and Network Services segment, meaning Sony Interactive Entertainment, generated $24.87 billion in revenue for calendar year 2021, which is up 8.9% year-over-year. Operating income, meaning profit, was down 21.3% year-over-year to $2.63 billion which they expected due to it being the first full year of PS5 being on the market. For calendar year 2021, add-on content, microtransactions, and DLC was 32% of PlayStation's revenue with over $8 billion. See what I'm talking about? Console hardware was 24% of revenue with over $6 billion. Digital game sales were 19% of revenue with $4.6 billion. Network services, meaning PlayStation and now, were 15% of revenue with $3.6 billion. Peripherals and other, which includes PC game sales uh, for some reason, were 6% of revenue, or one, one $1.5 billion. Dollars. And physical game sales accounted for 4% of revenue, or $895 million. The biggest takeaway is that the digital side of PlayStation's business accounted for two-thirds of their total revenue, with a digital game sales accounting for 67.5%. Of all PlayStation games sold in 2021, up from 62.9% in 2020, and 48 million of the 111 million monthly active users subscribing to are subscribed, I should say, to PlayStation Plus. And finally, Sony now forecasts to have shipped 19.3 million PS5s by March 31st, after originally having projected to be at the 22.6 million mark at that point. The system has been severely supply-constrained, obviously, but has still managed to sell thir- uh, excuse me, 17.3 million units, which is lagging behind the PS4's 20.2 million units sold in the same time frame. Any takeaways?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of huge numbers there. There's some interesting ones. Um, mm-hmm. The first, I'll start at the bottom. Like, I still think by the end of the PS5's life, it will have outsold the PS4, I feel like, either the supplies will catch up or it'll just keep trickling out in such a way that people will just keep buying it steadily. So yeah. I think I think we'll still break that record by the end of the life. Yeah, I agree. You can really see with the physical game sales coming down, you can really see where Sony has pushed the marketing on the digital side and having yeah. the digital console, you can really, we're really starting to see the effect of that with only 4% of the revenue. That's really interesting to me. But mm-hmm. aside from that, if you look at what are the two things that Sony has talked about kind of upping recently? It is the peripherals, right? It is PC game sales, and it's the rumored change of the network service of PS Plus and PS Now. Mm-hmm. And those two things are are aside from hard copy sales are the two lowest that we see on this list at six and fifteen percent. So it's mm, a good. Point. We know with with the push into PC, that number is going to go up with with some exclusives coming right. there, especially now that we're starting to see them fall. And I think PSVR two will count as a peripheral, so that will fall. Right into that number. Obviously, that will shoot up whenever that decides to come out. And if they do restructure, you know, our services to a three tiered structure, you think that revenue number will go up. So we might be looking at well, even more revenue next year, especially if the PSVR two comes out. The PSVR two yeah. comes out, well, hundred percent, a lot more revenue. But you know, it will be interesting to see kind of what this new network service, whatever they want to call it, the Spartan service. Um, mm-hmm does in 12 months you know will it will it account for the same type of of money or will people you know beyond people are like they could keep the lowest tier at the same price as at now and then make the next two tiers more expensive and people be like oh we're getting a deal and they'll buy it even though they never bought it before so i think yeah. that's something that you could see some sort of reverse psychology there happening but yeah it's interesting that the most interesting thing to me is you know, two of the three lowest revenue points are all where we're seeing a lot of noise for PlayStation this year. That, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I, that is a good point. I hadn't, didn't notice that, I hadn't considered that, but that is, that is a very good point. Um, we also can expect a boost in the peripheral sales next year, thanks to PSVR 2, presumably launching in the holiday of this year. Um, that'll be a big boost. And then, as you mentioned, restructuring PlayStation Now and Plus into whatever they're going to do. One of the big things is that 67.5% of all PlayStation games sold uh, in 2021. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, we're digital. That is crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) And uh, as I mentioned earlier, the biggest chunk of PlayStation's revenue is add-on content, DLC, add-on packs, microtransactions, cosmetics, every time somebody buys one. Thirty-two percent. They made eight billion dollars in revenue on that. <laughs> eight billion of their twenty-five almost. That's nuts. So, again, that just goes to the point that we were talking about earlier about why they're getting to the live service, why they want to take that all of that bungee revenue, why they want to have ten live service games out by March twenty twenty-six. If if that's your cash cow, you keep milking it, right? It makes ten, it makes makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Um, and then like you said, I also think that eventually PS five will catch up to PS4. Um, I think what you'll see is that as supply gets better, the people that have been wanting one, it'll just it'll be selling at unusual times. Does that make sense? So instead of like primarily around the holiday, it might sell more throughout the year than what's typical. You know, the, I, I hear people talk about how you know, eventually people will just give up on trying to get a PS5 and they'll just get an Xbox if they can find that. Of course, there are some people that will do that who have no preference, but I think there's a lot of people who would prefer to have PS5 and the machine differentiates itself enough from Xbox, in my opinion, that you, you should want a PS5, of course I'm biased, over an Xbox. So I think there's a lot of people that think that way too. So overall, Sony, PlayStation is very, very healthy. It's crazy to see how little uh, physical games sell. Pretty wild, but anyway, healthy PlayStation. Number three, we received our first real in-depth look at the upcoming Gran Turismo 7 this week in the form of a 30-minute state-of-play stream. Travis, your game. We learned that the game will feature over 400 cars from manufacturers around the world and 34 racing locations or facing locations, as I say here, with 97 different course layouts, with more tracks being added post-launch. A new world map has been implemented that is essentially the game's main menu. Another new feature called the Gran Turismo Cafe, where players will be given car collection menus that feature various races to complete each menu and unlock cars. Occasionally, the real-life designers of the cars will give director-style commentary on their creations as you unlock them. Gran Turismo 7 also includes a museum mode that dives into an interactive history of each manufacturer included in the game. And additionally, both a used car and legendary car dealership will allow players to purchase cars at slightly lower prices that change periodically for legendary vehicles like the Army Jeep. Gran Turismo 7 includes a variety of game modes from the campaign mode, offline and online multiplayer races, license tests, mission races, and more. On the graphical front, the stream seemed to imply that ray tracing will now be available even during races, although it was previously announced that it would only apply to race replays, so we're unclear on that. A new weather simulation system will be specific to each region, meaning that sunsets in Japan will look like sunsets in Japan, and the way the sun rises and sets in California will be how it sets in real-life California. The game features a slew of other features like a replay mode with music replays, extensive car tuning and customization, a true-to-life aerodynamic simulation, 3D audio support, dual-sense support, and more. Gran Turismo 7 launches on both PS4 and PS5 on March the 4th. Take it away.
1: <laughs> well, the, the cool part about the whole thing was that this game got its own showcase. Uh, mm-hmm. did not expect it to have a showcase like that, but that is pretty cool. Yeah, a big one. And the biggest point of news from Gran Turismo fans is that they confirmed the release date. Uh, that was the biggest issue we had was like, what are the odds that actually they don't move it to like July? Right. So that was great. We're still, on, we're still on pace. So that's what you want to see. So the things that they've added are things that I think everybody in the community asked for. Um, I haven't heard anybody say they missed something, which is very rare with a new game, as you know especially with a game that with a following like this. So the, the cafe is really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a way to unlock these cars and do different challenges. Um, they, they've always done a really cool job of adding in the history of different cars. You know, they're trying to tap into the car culture because even as, you know, it, it's said on the showcase, like there's a there's a, there's a a richness to that and the game wants to tap into that. So having the car makers talk about the cars, why they designed it a certain way, et cetera, that all that kind of adds to the lore of cars i guess (laughs) it's kind of weird to think about a racing game in that way but (laughs) it's just how they build it out um Mm -hmm. the the main menu is kind of a updated throwback to what the other gran turismos have been in the past they've taken the parts of gt sport that people like um with online races they're going to keep the uh, what are you going to call it the manufacturer series and stuff like that with the new tracks Mm -hmm. um they added Deep Forest, which people were asking for. They added Daytona, which people are asking for. So I know that's that's exciting um, with the different layouts for each. Over 100 layouts, they're going to add more tracks as we go in. Just like they did with GT Sport, they'll add more cars too. I think there's like 400 cars or so. So that's really cool. And you know, the one thing they did a really good job of is they brought back um, the tuning and the modification to the cars. Um, I think that's something that we missed in uh, GT Sport, being able to, put in different turbos and change the suspension and ride height and do whatever we wanted with the wings and all that type of stuff was something that GT Sport missed, which, you know, when you think about it for what GT Sport is, you know, they did, they did everything they could do within the power of the PS4 uh, to make that game what it was. So you couldn't really expect something like this on that console and, this is kind of something that we all wanted and we finally have a console to do it. If that makes sense. That's, that's pretty yeah. sweet. Um, I'm excited about the weather. The weather's really cool. I like that. You can watch radar on your car, which is kind of <laughs> like an F one thing, you know, like you watch an F one race. Um, well, I guess to do the same thing in NASCAR, but NASCAR is just like, it's going to rain. We're stopping. But <laughs> right, F one, right. since they actually run in the rain, there's a lot more strategy you can see. And they'll be looking at the radar and thinking about tires and stuff like that. And it's pretty cool too. Like the idea that, you know, we're racing in a league it starts to rain we have to pit and and put on you know rain tires stuff like that is, is a new thing for gt sport i mean gt7 so that's exciting the actual aerodynamics i'm interested to see because one of the pet peeves with gt sport was that the uh the draft was too strong you would just get pulled in the slipstream so i wonder if that's going to be more realistic now especially like you know being behind different cars creates a different envelope of air for you to drive in if they're too wide then all of a sudden you have two lanes you can move in but you can get more turbulence. So it, it does seem like that they've taken all that into consideration. So it seems to be completely in depth and fleshed out and thought out like every other game that that Polyphony makes, every other GT, GT game they make is like this. So it's like the attention to detail with the cars and the tracks has always been there. And then now we're getting to see kind of like the top end, the pinnacle of that, which seems like we're moving towards it being the pinnacle of the series. We kind of hope that, but like, I don't know how you can watch that. Stay to play and not think it's going to be just a complete world beater. Like, yeah, it's going to be over a 90 on Metacritic. I don't know how it can't be. Like, yeah, there'll be disappointment if it's not, I think. So, they've managed to take everything we've liked from every version of GT and put it into one. You know, what's the thing I think people think about the most when they think about Gran Turismo is the realism of the cars, the way the cars drive, all that's still there. They've added in the ray tracing, which makes it. Look as good as it's ever looked. They've added in the weather, which is going to add another realm to the realism. And then, of course, the last thing to think about is the license tests. And there are testimonial YouTube videos all over the internet talking about how difficult some of these tests are. Yeah, when you're trying to get a gold, and I love that they've kept them. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. So that again, that's all part of the fun of the game. Is the licenses are so hard, but now we can also do online stuff and. I think the cafe thing is interesting. I think that the cafe thing will give give maybe some more casual people something to do because you're not, you know, online and with the licenses, you're asking people to be precise and, and maybe do stuff at a skill level they can't. You know, those license tests can be like Dark Souls level soul-sucking at times. Sure. So the the cafe where you're doing this X, Y, or Z just to get a car, I think that can add some legs to more casual people. But this is definitely going to be one of the highest rated games on PS5 ever for sure.
0: Yeah, this is uh, like I mentioned earlier. I I watched the whole thing and I walked away very impressed. I I texted you and told you that I'm I'm considering possibly getting it, but my concern is that I enjoy more arcade racers and I don't know, you know, I don't know what's there for me. Like it looks beautiful. I'm sure it feels good on the controller, which I know is blasphemy. That's for you. That's sacrilege. <laughs> but long story short, I've I'm extremely impressed. I think it's going to be. At least for now, the best looking p s five game is what it seems like the weather system is insane that that blew me away and then if they can get if they can figure out a way to have ray tracing in the races while it's running four k sixty that will be incredible Wild. yeah that'll be incredible i don't I don't think there's a game that can run four k sixty with ray tracing right now, but I could be wrong, but um like native four k anyway i don't I don't know about that um that'll be insane. I, I'm super impressed by this. I don't know if I'll do it maybe on sale one day or something. Maybe if it's in this PlayStation Project Spartacus shit, you know, something like that. I This is one of those games that I appreciate greatly. Like, I understand how important it is. You know, racing games can really show how you can push the technology of the console. They're very important. There's no doubt this game is going to be a 90 plus on Metacritic in my mind. I totally agree with that. Secondarily, this game's going to easily sell more than 10 million copies. This might sell 20 million copies. As that's a it's ra- crazy to think. As about. A, it really is as a racing game. That's really nuts. But it's you got to think it's on PS5, it's on PS4 and it's a big one. It's a it's a big big game and it's, it's been specialty
1: it, racing wheels they're releasing just for this game.
0: That and it's been how long since uh GT Sport came out?
1: Four or five years. I can't remember exactly. It's been yeah. a while. Like, people are like, can we fucking go? Like, they're ready to <laughs> yeah. move
0: on. So, e- in my opinion, easily going to sell 10 million copies easily. No doubt about that. You know, racing games and especially Gran Turismo is not for everyone. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of blah for a lot of people, but there's no doubt you can't undersell how important it is and how uh, of a franchise it is to PlayStation in general. Also, that's all that I have to say. But I do want to say that I, I stand by the fact that. I think we're the only PlayStation podcast on the internet who has anybody on the show that n- understands Gran Turismo and plays it, so I think that's I think that's something we have going for us and uh so if you want to know more about Gran Turismo, you should stay tuned because Travis will be talking about it quite a bit. I'm certain after it launches, and he's a he's a sim racer and everything. you got the rig, you're a big fucking racing nerd, so by the way, in that video, there's a guy drifting and like- <laughs> oh yeah. Dude,
1: if you could fucking drift like that, like you just you, all the credit in the world. I've I don't know how you do it, but it is amazing to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing before we move on here, you guys better just buckle up for the PSVR two mode that's gonna be out uh this holiday alongside PSVR two. Just telling you. Number four. PlayStation announced MLB the show twenty two this week featuring cover athlete and Los Angeles Angels. Almost in Lakers, Angel Star Shohei Otani. Following the expansion of the game onto Xbox platforms last year, this year's entry in the series will also be released on a new platform, the Nintendo Switch. The game will feature full cross-platform play and cross-progression, and collector's editions will include dual entitlement of both the PS4 and PS5 versions of the game. Players who purchase the standard edition on PS4 will be required to pay a $10 upgrade to the PS5 of the version of the game when they're ready. It will be the show 2022 will launch on April 5th amidst a collective bargaining dispute that is threatening the real-life season, Travis, and will again this year come to Xbox Game Pass on day one, while PlayStation players will pay full price, and they will happily pay full price, I'm sure. Right, clearly. (laughs) Yeah, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, this will be a top-ten game all year, like it always is, regardless of if it's the exact same game. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) no i think the biggest news here is it's moving to switch and then it's cross progression so you could play on your ps5 yeah and then you know take your take your switch on a trip and pick right up where you left off so i think that's really Mm. cool
0: that's an interesting point
1: i think that the switch will definitely make it sell more i think this might be a good thing for the game overall i mean because being on game pass it seems like you'd lose some revenue there but basically having it on switch you think maybe you could pick some more of that up so um anyway yeah i mean Another year for them, I'm sure it'll be another strong showing. Otani's a good pick for the cover athlete. He's mm. kind of the ambassador MLB needs, and he can he can do literally everything. He can pitch, he can hit. Um, yeah, he's a very unique player. Mm-hmm. So, um, And he said before he's here to do whatever he can to push the popularity of the game. So being a cover athlete is definitely a part of that. So yeah, yeah, it'll be another top 10 game all year. Nothing mind-blowing here.
0: Yeah, another hugely important game to PlayStation. The only baseball game on the market exclusive, um, not exclusive anymore, but exclusively made by PlayStation is what I'm trying to say. They have the IP or or the license. I can tell you, and my gut tells me they did not want to release this game on Nintendo Switch. I think that was another thing that the MLB is making them do, and they probably negotiated to to delay that for a year um, to get their bearings straight. You know, as far as bringing it to another console last year, and they probably told them they would do do it for Switch this year. So, um, I don't think they wanted to do that. Again, very important for them to keep this license. And in order to do that, they had to make some concessions. But now, like we've been talking about, every every time it's sold on Switch, they'll get probably 70% of it, of that revenue. So, um, yeah, I, I don't play the show per se. Randomly, I'll play it. I appreciate it. I'm not a baseball guy. I understand it's a very good game, very well done uh, modes, you know, a very good game. That's all I can say about it. I'm not (laughs) going to play it. So (laughs) anyway, April 5th, it'll be out. Number five, Bloomberg reported that the United States Federal Trade Commission will conduct an antitrust review of Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard. The outlet also noted that the Justice Department typically reviews these types of acquisitions with the FTC being, quote unquote, more aggressive. When they choose to step in and handle the review process in recent history, the FTC has sued to block NVIDIA's $40 billion acquisition of chip manufacturer ARM with recent reports claiming the lawsuit could lead to the deal being abandoned altogether. It's also worth pointing out that in recent weeks, the Justice Department and the FTC announced that uh, it's joint plans to revisit merger guidelines due to a surge in mergers and acquisitions activity over the last several years in the United States. Hmm. So maybe... Probably not nothing, but certainly not a slam dunk if the FDC is looking into this. What do you think?
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, they do look at all of these, I'm mm-hmm. sure, but the fact that they're just now talking about a surge in mergers and acquisitions, like five companies own all the media outlets in the world. Like, I think we're past that point. Like, you guys should yeah. have paying attention before. <laughs> right. Um, just sleep at the will. Yeah, you let them have five monopolies, and there's like a monopoly over each faction. There's like a monopoly over conservatives, a monopoly over the right and the left. Like, Pay attention, basically, like it is ridiculous. So anyway, good, good for them. Um, it seems like their issue with navita getting this chip manufacturer. It just seems like it. Sometimes it just seems like if certain companies do things, there it's okay. And I, I just feel like yeah. Nvidia isn't the company they want to do that, so they're going to make a big stink about it. You know, Microsoft. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it, like you said, probably nothing will happen. They'll end up spending some taxpayer money. They'll they'll make you know. Microsoft spend some more Bill Gates money and then they'll end up with Activision in the end. So I I um, think I I think, yeah, nothing's going to
0: change. No, I think that's spot on. I think they'll make them pay some big fine or some shit or settlement or something like, you know, and that'll be the end of it. But I don't know. I mean, it certainly is a red flag. It seems unlikely that the deal wouldn't go through. That would be huge if the deal got blocked or fell apart because of this. Um, Seems very unlikely. Seems like a bump in the road. However, can you fucking imagine if Microsoft tried to spend seventy billion on Activision and it falls apart because the FTC won't allow it or sues or whatever? Mm-hmm. So then there they are without Activision Blizzard, you know, and all that shit. And then in the mm-hmm. meantime, Sony went out and bought Bungie. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Who you know that Microsoft probably talked to. There's probably some type of bidding war discussion there. That would be yeah. that would be funny.
1: Jim Jim Bryant. Let's be honest. Jim Ryan called them and said, "Hey, will you investigate this and block it?" That's what happened. Right, guys? <laughs> go ahead and start that rumor.
0: Yeah, I wish I could do Jim's accent. I don't. I think he's. Austro- I don't know if he's Australian. I think he's Australian. Maybe British. Yeah. I don't know. He's yeah. weird. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, we'll
1: see what happens I wish he talked like Alfie from Peaky Blinders. I wish <laughs> fucking everybody talked like Alfie. From Pe- to be fair. Yeah, that's I agree. what
0: I want. <laughs> oh, it's a fucking great character. All right, number six. Battlefield twenty forty two continued its post launch nosedive this week as developer Dice announced that the game's first season of content has been delayed from March to early summer. The move coincides with the studio's focus on fixing other areas of the game before providing new content. In a post on Twitter, Dice stated, quote, today we are starting or I'm sorry, stating our team's commitment to bring the game up to the highest standards that we all hold for the franchise. We've had to make some big decisions to ensure that our next set of updates can be focused on delivering these improvements, with the most substantial one being to move the release date of our first season to early summer." End quote. To compensate players who bought the gold or ultimate editions of the game for their troubles, meaning myself, a bundle of cosmetics and other items will be delivered to them in the next patch. This patch oh, is wow. said to yeah, fuck me. This patch is said to include an improved scoreboard, in-game voice chat, And a player profile feature, although DICE announced on Thursday, Travis, that the patch has been delayed from February to early March. Give me a fucking break. What do you think?
1: Yeah, you know, this is starting to turn into more of a uh, CD Projekt Red handling than a um, whatever game they fixed where you could hop around on planets. Cyberpunk? Yeah, like they're handling this like cyberpunk as opposed to the They're <laughs> not hopping it. around on planets on oh, that what's game? the game the game with the planets you could, they
0: fixed. They got better. Uh, oh, No Man's Sky. Yeah, There you go. Oh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, see you we as a as a Battlefield fan, we want them to be No Man's Sky. Like, yeah. when you have a shitty release, just be No Man's Sky please, but no. They're being CD CD project Red, which is irritating. It's just yeah. it, this whole thing is annoying. Yeah,
0: it's it's a mess. I, I, saw,
1: I saw somebody let you know on Twitter that they
0: told you so about about, you know, pre-ordering this game. Yeah, they did say that he's a he's a little bitch ass too. So fuck you. <laughs> My excitement got the better of me. I should have known not to trust these cocksuckers. It's
1: yeah, yeah. And to that point, they're really hurting. They're really hurting their trust within within the world that they built yeah. up over time. Like they've always had this sort of view where we're different than COD. It's not for everybody, but we are different than COD. Yeah, and, and what we make is good. It's solid. Like even Battlefield Five was solid, right?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Like right. Battlefield 1, excellent. Fantastic. Right. Battlefield 5, solid. You know, right. started off rough. Got great. better. Yeah. Four was great. 3, Three was solid. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, yeah. The, the worst one was Heartline. Heartline. Hardline. <laughs> but even that one wasn't bad. I mean, it was fine. So, yeah. This is by far the worst. And they're handling it in the worst way possible. Like, like, people are just having meltdowns about this online, which understandably so. It's like, it's hard to watch something that you like so much, a series just absolutely shit can itself.
0: Yeah, the crazy thing is that the game is in the shit can, as you say. Like it has like maybe four or five thousand players a day on Steam, just at any given time, which is fucking brutal. But like you said, we live in a we live in a time now. We live in a society where these games can fix themselves and then they can just explode back to popularity. No Man's Sky, cyberpunk, people are getting excited about that again because the next gen patch is coming around. All that stuff. So it can be done crazier things have happened so it can certainly be done and uh ea has said that they're going to stay committed to it so we'll see but it is an absolute dumpster fire at the moment and it's clear that that game should have been delayed although they obviously didn't do it because of financial shit so they just took the hit and sold their you know millions of copies already i'm sure and here they are number seven PlayStation and Bethesda finally gave us an extended look at the upcoming PS5-timed-exclusive Ghostwire Tokyo this week with a gameplay showcase. Before the showcase ever took place, the official PlayStation YouTube channel let it slip that the game will launch on March 25th on PS5 and PC. In addition to the supernatural abilities we have seen before in trailers, players will have more traditional weapons like bows, as well as other mystical abilities to help them cleanse Tokyo of a supernatural force. Pre-orders are available now and include three days of early access to the full game. The game will take up nearly 20 gigabytes on your PS5 SSD, with the preloading beginning on March 23rd. So, did you see this at all? I'm assuming no. <laughs> no, I mean, I seen like a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I was mildly interested in this game to begin with. Oh. oh, okay. But it seems like the more I see about it, the less I care. Oh, it just. I don't know what it is about it. It just doesn't feel all the way there, if that makes sense. And I, I don't really know what to put that on. I don't, I don't know yeah. if it's, it's not a graphic thing. It just seems like mechanically it's weird. Like, I don't know exactly. But the more I watch of it, the, the the less interested I am. And I feel like if I sit down and watch this whole showcase, i am be like, okay, that's that's not for me.
0: So I did watch it for as long as I could. I could not turn it off fast enough. It is one of the most boring looking games I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Not to mention, it looks just like absolute nonsense. Like yeah, nonsense. To... It's nonsense. It looks like nonsense. I understand it's a Japanese game from a Japanese studio. They're trying, you know, whatever it's in Tokyo. I get it. I understand the Japanese effect of games. Okay. Yeah. But like, is Japanese? I understand those. Yeah. Yeah. I understand it's, there's a, a level of, Nonsense to Japanese games. I get it. Uh, even even Kojima's games, there's nonsense. It's just ha- who they are. But that was so awful to try and sit and watch. Terrible. The combat looks so boring. It looks awful. I don't. I don't think graphically it looks very good. Of course, it's a YouTube stream, so it's compressed and everything. So that might not be fair. The story. I don't have no. I have no idea what's going on. In the story. People disappear, and then you're by yourself. It looks like. I don't know. It's like it's it looks like Tokyo Silent it looks like Silent Hill Tokyo but less scary is what I took away from it. So more supernatural shit that's weird. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's whatever, man. I it's to me honestly the the Bethesda exclusive games that we've gotten, Deathloop, Go, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. I feel like there's another one. There's those two for sure. They're not that good. I'm sorry. That's not yeah, I know weird. I know that's not a popular opinion about Deathloop, but they're mediocre. Or well, we don't know about Ghostwire yet. Deathloop, mediocre. Yeah. They Ghostwire kind of asked me
1: when they were talking about all these supernatural abilities and they're like, but you have traditional weapons like bows. It's like if I have to kill somebody okay. supernatural, why do
0: I need a bow and arrow then? Like I yeah. to, like,
1: I don't I don't get it. Exactly. Unless
0: it's a mystical bow and arrow. Then I'll I'll buy that. Yeah, I I'm yeah, I'm not sold on this game. I, I think the fact that it comes out in two months basically, and we're just now seeing gameplay of it. And, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not gonna get it. All right, number eight. Travis, we have a bunch of news nuggets here as well. Feel free to jump in wherever you see fit here. First nugget, website gamesindustry.biz reported that Sniper Elite Series developer Rebellion has received an eight-figure funding package that will enable the UK-based studio to open a new headquarters twice its current size and expand its satellite studios in Didcot. Mm -hmm. Dico, Dico. No idea how to say that or where it's at
1: hope you're ready for graphically perfect replications of body parts exploding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, that sounds fantastic. Next nugget. The Alice in Wonderland video game series is being adapted into a television series that will be written by solid snake voice actor, David Hayter. I don't, I would have never in a million years have bet that those words would be written together. <laughs> what is happening? U.S.-based publisher Limited Run Games announced they will open a brick-and-mortar store in Cary, North Carolina, sometime in April. To do what? To sell their Limited Run Games. Okay. (laughs) Game Awards Game of the Year winner It Takes Two will be adapted for film and television with Sonic film writers Pat Casey and Josh Miller writing the adaptations. And Also, they announced that they crossed 5 million total sales for the game this week. Website Video Games Chronicle reported that Rockstar announced Grand Theft Auto 5 will release on PS5 on March 15th, featuring graphics modes for up to 4K resolution and up to 60 frames per second, as well as HDR, ray tracing, faster loading times, 3D audio, and other upgrades. Rockstar also casually confirmed that development of Grand Theft Auto 6 is, quote unquote, well underway. Yeah, aren't you excited? I am. I know this is a big news story. I probably could have made it a full blown nugget, but they literally just like threw it in a blurb, you know, in the blog post. So, yeah. I mean, and we pretty much knew that it was being developed. So it kind of took a little, the, a little bit of the piss out of it for me. You know what I'm saying? We knew this is a foregone conclusion.
1: Yeah. Well, they said well underway, which makes me feel like they're well underway as opposed to like, <laughs> Hey, we just started development. Like it feels like, sure. yeah, yeah. We have like a whole well underway to me means like we have a fleshed out story and we're right. starting to build out the rest of the world and in the, in the NPCs and stuff. So. I am excited to see if, if the online rumor is true that every building is is iterable.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. But we'll I, this, see. I doubt it. Yeah, me too. This feels like a 2024 game to me. Six mm-hmm. years between Red Dead and, and that. That sounds about right. Next nugget, Insider Account... I'm sorry, Insider Account NGT, that's the person's name, has claimed that Quantic Dream's in-development game based on the PS4 Dark Sorcerer tech demo is codenamed Dreamland and is allegedly a cross-gen title. The same leaker also claims that the studio's Star Wars Eclipse game is inspired by The Last of Us with a similar mix of story and gameplay, and other rumors claim that the game will be open-world and will include some form of multiplayer, meaning the Star Wars title. Also, a native PS5 version of Cyberpunk 2077 has appeared in the PSN database according to PlayStation Game Size, which means a release is imminent, probably in March would be my guess, Industry personality Jeff Keeley stated on Twitter this week that he has heard from, there are several more acquisitions in the final stages of negotiations. So, like Phil, or like Jim said, they're not done yet. They're, they're going to buy Microsoft. <laughs> Microsoft is going to buy Sony, and we can always go fuck ourselves and not have anything <laughs> cool anymore. Also, actor Danny Trejo will appear in the upcoming skateboarding title Ollie Ollie World as a side quest giving NPC, because of course he will. He's in everything else.
1: Is, yeah, he's also the bass player in Metallica. <laughs> he is. Oh, uh, wow. Yes, isn't that guy's name Danny Trujillo?
0: Oh, yeah, you might be right.
1: Something like that, but he looks like him, kind of.
0: It's his, it's his long-lost cousin.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, there's a video online, so uh, uh, unrelated to video games, the original Metallica bassist died in a uh, bus crash in the 80s. Oh, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, so like he basically flew out of the, the, the truck and then it landed on him. Christ. Tour bus. Yeah, stay hot. So pancake. He's dead. And then they bring in this guy named Jason to play (laughs) bass. And there's a video of him playing bass on stage. And Lars is like standing behind him and walks over to him and is like I mean, he's just like giving it hell. And he's like like all like all bass players do in metal. He's just giving it hell. And he's like, Yeah, "Uh, play higher on it. So he starts playing (laughs) higher on it. He's like, Yeah, and then he gets behind him and starts making faces, and then he walks off, and it's like, that's why Jason didn't last in the band. God. like none of them like the way he played
0: and he's on stage as being an asshole anyway <laughs> god all right next nugget here next nugget the titles and logos for five new the dark pictures anthology games from developer supermassive games week this week and they are the craven man directive eighty twenty, O death winterfold and intercession interesting names Oh, one more thing. This is totally out of left field. I forgot to mention this when we were talking about PlayStation's uh, fiscal year shit, uh, quarterly shit. Mm -hmm. I did a poll on Twitter. Mm -hmm. This is really going back. I did a poll on Twitter this week about if Project Spartacus had a top tier, it had a PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Now, backwards compatibility with older consoles, and an expanded PlayStation Plus collection where you got day one we got PlayStation Studios titles day one, $20 a month. And I asked, would you buy it? Yes or no. Would you subscribe? Yes or no. 65% of people said yes. I'm just saying. That's Man. that's the that's the sweet spot. 20 bucks. It's Let's 200, go. It's $240 a, mo- a year. Yeah, fuck it. Sorry, back on track here. Next nugget, Discord support for PlayStation Network features began rolling out this week. Travis, you should now be able to link your PSN account to your Discord account, which will allow you to share what you're playing on the Discord app. Oh, boy. The, the part I'm excited about is that you know there's people that use Discord for work. Uh. And there's people that use it for games. <laughs> and there's, there's a really thin line there between yeah. hitting the wrong thing. <laughs> but Yeah, that's a great point. never thought about that. Sony partner Epic Games has filed a trademark for the quote-unquote Epic Games Megaverse and has partnered with Spire Animation Studios to build Metaverse experiences. So here we go with that.
1: Right, well, Meta lost a quarter of their value yesterday, so they stay hot out there.
0: Yeah, I saw that. You told me about that. Also, PlayStation released yet another Horizon Forbidden West trailer that details activities and challenges, if you're interested. Mm Mm-hmm. A group of developers who previously worked on games such as Journey and What Remains of Edith Finch have formed a new fully remote studio called Gardens. Godfall developer Counterplay Games have begun hiring for a new cooperative action fantasy shooter based on a new IP. It's pretty cool sounding. It could be very interesting. I agree.
1: Maybe maybe if it's fully put together and fleshed out. I think Godfall Mm -hmm. might have had too too many chiefs in those meetings.
0: Also, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund has purchased a 5% stake in both Capcom and Nexon, respectively. A little bit of old oh, money. It works for, works for soccer teams, so. <laughs> Why would it work for video games? <laughs> Activision confirmed that Infinity Ward is leading development on 2022's Call of Duty, to which the studio said on Twitter that, quote, a new generation of Call of Duty is coming soon, end quote. Dude. This game, I have, I have a wild theory about this. I think this game is going to come out in like the fucking dead heat of summer, I like June, July, August. I, th- I don't think they're going to wait till October or November because they I, don't like the one they have right now. I don't think, yeah, they don't like well what's going on, and they've been working on this one for three years or whatever to uh, almost. I feel like they're going to try to get this thing out. That'd be kind of fun. That'd be interesting. Also, website. Push Square reported that CD Projekt Red is set to release a new single-player Gwent game from the Witcher franchise this year, according to IGN. A physical edition of martial arts brawler Sifu has been revealed. It will launch on May 3rd and come with various extras. Gran Turismo 7 will require an online connection on PS4 and PS5 in order to prevent cheating. I could have put that in the main story, but sorry about that. King of Fighters 15 will take up 68 gigabytes on your PS5 when it launches, and that is without the day one patch. How? I don't understand. That's (laughs) unbelievable. Bloomberg's Jason Schreier reported that Suicide Squad killed the Justice League has been delayed to 2023, according to his sources. That that will make eight years since Rocksteady has made a game. Uh, The last game, it will be eight years between games, which is insane. That's a lot riding on one game to keep your studio alive, in my opinion. And then secondarily, it also makes sense because they have that Gotham Knights game coming out this year. I don't think you want to release two, like, Batman universe games in the same year. Also, detective game Paradise Killer is coming to PS5 as a trophy list has gone live on trophy tracking website Exophase. Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann confirmed on Twitter that the developer is working on three new game projects, just as we suspected. So we know one is factions multiplayer, one is allegedly... La- the Last of Us remake of the original game, and the third is hopefully a brand new IP, but we'll see. The official PlayStation VR Two website was discovered this week, and players can sign up now for emails about pre-order availability. Yours oh, truly. Did you sign up. Yours truly is signed up. Yes.
1: What's going to be like? I'm afraid it's going to be like the other PlayStation emails, where like I get half of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That <laughs> they are fucked. Website PlayStation Lifestyle reported a new rumor from Leaker Account NGT, the same guy we just mentioned that claims Hogwarts Legacy will release sometime in September. And elsewhere, later in the week, an official art book for the game was announced to release on September the sixth. So it could be adding up. It's all coming together. Twitter user OopsLeaks sounds like a diaper whose recent rumors have been corroborated by insiders claims that Kojima Productions is working on a smaller PSVR2 project, telling you guys. Which they mm-hmm. received dev kits for back in November.
1: Abandoned. <laughs> That's
0: I'm that that too. This shit's uh, the, yeah. That that too. I'm still not, I'm still not dead on that. Ah, uh, okay. Uncharted four game director Sean Escaig, I have no idea how to say this guy's name, and I, I probably should look it up at this point. Sean Escaig <laughs> told GQ magazine that the main character for spinoff title The Lost Legacy was almost Sully but in the end, they settled on Chloe, who they felt was the better protagonist. EA's CEO, Andrew Wilson, revealed on their recent earnings call that the publisher has, quote-unquote, three or four more unannounced games that are due out by April of next year. What do you mean, unannounced? They've got... FIFA 5 Yeah. FIFA
1: 22.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) FIFA 23, Madden 23, EOC. Okay. Maybe not, though. I don't know. Also, data miners have found evidence that An Uncharted Fortnite collaboration is imminent.
1: Why wouldn't there be? That's that's obvious. Like, they're doing one with fucking Bruno
0: Mars and the other guy he sings with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week. Rust, Battlefield 2042, Black Desert Online, Cana Bridge of Spirits, Everwinter, Fortnite, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, WRC 10, The Dark Pictures, House of Ashes, House of Ashes, Dauntless, and Madden NFL 22. So if you've been waiting on something to be fixed, go check it out. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands has gone gold ahead of its release on March 25th. Seems a little early. Genshin Impact developer MiHoYo Mihoyo announced that Update 2.5 will launch on February 16th. Apex Legends developer Respawn Entertainment stated during a recent media event that news on the planned PS5 version of the game was coming quote-unquote very, very soon. Developer Midgar Studio released a new gameplay showcase for its RPG, Edge of Eternity, ahead of its PS4 and PS5 release next week. Website Gamatsu reported that Shadow Warrior 3 from developer Flying Wild Hog will, will release on March 1st on PS4. Always makes me chuckle. Cooperative Kaiju beat 'em up game, Dawn of Monsters, will launch on PS4 and PS5 sometime in March. Oddworld Stranger's Wrath HD is coming to PS4 on February 11th. Delivery exploration adventure game Micah and the Witch's Mountain was announced for PS4 and PS5. It will launch sometime this year. Action adventure game Koa and the Five Pirates of Mara was announced for PS4 and PS5. It will also launch sometime this year. Yacht Club Games, the creators of Shovel Knight, announced 8-bit action adventure game Mina the Hollower for PS4 and PS5. A Kickstarter campaign is live now. Shoot 'em up game layer section and Galactic Attack S Tribute has been rated for PS4 by the Taiwanese Game Rating Board. There they are again. Survival horror RPG Chernobyl Light will get its native PS5 version on April 21st, with PS4 owners getting a free upgrade. The PS4 and PS5 versions of Eurokill, the Calumniation games, I'm so tired of talking about this, have been delayed from their June 7th release date in North America and June 10th in Europe to July 5th in North America and July 8th in the Europe. And finally, Travis Gamotsy reported the second game in tabletop RPG series Voice of Cards, The Forsaken Maiden, was also announced. Katina Powell. <laughs> 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 it was announced and will launch on PS4 on February 17th. And that is all for a big, big week of news. And I'll now turn it over to Travis for just a small, small week. New game releases.
1: Small week, but they're kind of weird. Um, yeah. on February 1st, we have Gun 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 Life is Strange Remaster Collection, the catch up story. No idea what that is. <laughs>
0: That's interesting.
1: On the third, we have Madness Beverage and okay. Webbed. On the fourth, Dying Light 2, Stay Human, and Maglum Lord. And obviously, Dying Light is your winner for biggest game release of the week.
0: Yeah, I'm really on the fence about that one. I um I think I'm gonna wait for a cell because I, I want to play it in co op and I don't, I don't, you know, John wants to wait for a cell and you know, I don't know if you'll ever play it. I know you played the first one with us, but it's a lot of zombies and so I don't know. I mean, I'll just wait till I have a, have somebody to play with. All right. That's all for the new game, new games this week. And uh, let's start to wrap the show up here by discussing what we've been playing and anything we're looking forward to as we run out of time. Close to it. Close to it. Right. We're coming down to the wire here. So what have you been up to? Play a little extraction this week.
1: I'm really bad at um, watching my health bar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a couple of times where, you know, we were in a a situation where we're trying to pull somebody out of the tree. Oh, yeah. Whatever you want to call it. And it's like, you know, we're like two, I'm like two millibars away and I ended up getting killed because I was trying to hold on. (laughs) Right. And then that one, one map last night, I actually left with 11 health. I watched it and ran away. Then we extracted. <laughs> but then, of course, that operator's now injured. And it's almost as useless as having them stuck in the tree anyway. But yeah, so I'm really good at losing operators in different worlds. But the game is fun. I enjoy being stealthy and kind of walking around and blowing their heads off. And of course, you know, it's like anything, now that we understand it a little bit better, and we know to look for nests and... Uh, we know what to listen for while we're walking around that kind of thing you know it does make the game a little bit easier mm-hmm. Um, making sure we're using silenced weapons that type of thing so yeah it's a fun game it's um it's simple but it's fun so maybe yeah maybe some other developers should should take note of that but yeah other than that i played some uh played some fifa i'm still in year three i guess in stevenage i think i'm in like i don't know what month i'm in my roster's a fucking mess <laughs> so like yeah you know, I was doing the youth squad thing, like we, like I always do, where I'm just, you know, playing youth guys and selling older guys and I keep a couple until I have somebody that can, you know, play, play over them, um, or at least play their position. And I just right. was getting, I'm, I mean, I'm just impatient sometimes, and I was getting annoyed because, mm-hmm. like, you know, you would, basically, my midweek team wasn't good enough to really compete at all. So, like, I would be. You know, I'd play Leicester in a cup game, and I'd beat them like you know three to two or three to one or something like that, or I'd win in penalty kicks against them. And then my midweek game would be against Layton Orient in League One, and I I would lose four nothing, <laughs> and I was like it was just driving yeah. me fucking insane because like I couldn't do anything. So right. Um. Anyway, I I searched for agents between twenty and sixteen, and then I found a couple of guys that were actually decent. So I signed a backup left wing. I signed a bunch of center mids, which I only ended up keeping two of them. And I signed um, a center back who's actually like a 77. I signed two strikers who are both ones at 84 and ones at 80. God. So since I did that, I was able to move those other guys to the back.
0: You got a million people on your roster.
1: Yeah. So like normally I just like to have two for each position that I play, a Mm -hmm. backup goalie, and then like four or five youth squad guys that I kind of throw in every now and then and if I like them I'll move them into one of my rotations and I'll sell the other guy mm-hmm. that's that's usually what I do but because I went to sign free agents I now have like I have way too many like the only position I have balanced right now is 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 the goalkeeper and my strikers and forwards and my wings my midfield and my left back and everything else is bad so I have six positions that are a mess and I have five that are good, so it, it just feels like I can, I'm never going to make it. And I can't get rid of some of them. I won't let me cut people, so I'm just stuck with them. But um,
0: it won't let you cut people.
1: Apparently, said I've released too many. So, <laughs> oh, uh, wow, I released some of the midfielders because I signed them and I just didn't like playing with them. They were okay, like overall wise, but I just didn't. They didn't really do anything. So I was like, I'll, I'll just get rid of them. So I just got rid of them, and then apparently you can only release like three or four guys before the game tells you no.
0: That's nuts. I did not know that
1: yeah so i did I did sell I've sold like three guys, so hopefully when we get to january, it'll wipe those out and I'll have a better version of where I am and I've been loaning guys out too to try to like they're still on my squad up screen, but like when I go to build out my actual team team sheet, they're not there and it makes it easier to use so we're getting there um you know, and the problem with signing these guys that are free agents is you don't know what their potential is, so yeah they might like one one midfielder was like a 73 when I scouted him and he was huge he's like six foot four it's like perfect so I signed him and I was trying to decide like if I wanted to move him to center back or not because he could do both pretty well right and so I was like well I'll just train him for a couple weeks and play with him and if, see if, if I like him I'll just leave him so like literally two weeks later it was like completed training So that meant he was that his peak was seventy three. So now I'm stuck with this guy. (laughs) So anyway, whatever. So that that is a pitfall with it. But um, you know my two strikers I signed that is not a pitfall, and they have both gotten better already. So yeah. So basically my whole front line and my wings they're like Premier League level. They're all my two wings are both seventy fives, but they're like plus four, so they're basically an eighty. And then I have an 80 and 80, 84 striker, but they're both plus four and plus five. So they're 84 and 89, actually. Hmm. Like all of that is like top tier. Like I'm good to go. I can score, but I can't really defend. And it now it's to the point that like my backup team, my midweek roster team sheet is actually more realistic. So like, yeah, it's more competitive to play with them. So, you know, if it keeps building out the way it is, I'll probably have to go up in difficulty at some point.
0: Yeah. Or start over. You ever start all over. (laughs) Well, I also played the FIFA this week. I am, I think I I don't remember last week if I was in League One yet or not, but I am now in League One. I got promoted in League One in England. Uh, Doing good. I'm fourth in the table currently. I'm in September, so it's early days. I haven't made a terrible amount of moves. I have signed a few people, free agents, um, pretty much just for support roles. I did sign a a Danish lad from FC Copenhagen or Copenhagen, as I say, his name is, uh, something Christiansen. Christian. I don't know. He's a, uh, he's fun so far. So anyway, enjoying that still with my Bradford city career. And then like you mentioned, we also played rainbow six extraction. Some, which is a game that I really enjoy. Like you said, it's nothing terribly complicated, but it's well done and mm-hmm. it's not broken. and. There's nothing messed up about it and straightforward. And I think there's something to be said for that. And there's still some challenge to it. It's not like it's easy. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, you have to be smart. You have to think about it. Yeah. I mean, we've only been playing on the very first difficulty. So (laughs)
1: exactly. That's what I was thinking about too yesterday. I was like, (laughs) fuck me. Half of
0: my operators are injured. (laughs) We're on on easy. (laughs) I know. I hope that me and you can play with Jacob one night because I think we, uh, I think it'd be fun to play, you know, with a full. Squad, So I really like that game. I'm I'm a fan of it. Um, I enjoy in a weird way doing the studies, which are like these little in-game challenges. So I'm trying to like 100% all of those. It's a little, little neat little meta game for me to focus on. And I like the different operators and the different equipment that they have and abilities. Um, it's fun. Uh, also, I played some more Ghost Recon Breakpoint uh, over last weekend, I think. I haven't played it since then. I had to make room for the upcoming Flurry. But yeah, that that game is fun. That scratches a weird itch and for me, and I hope that there is a future in which we can have a SOCOM game that has some of the elements of Ghost Recon. Time will tell, but hopefully. And then the last thing I played, I played a little bit more Destruction All-Stars this week. I'll stand by that it is a much better game than when it launched. The problem is I... I I couldn't keep playing it because it was literally taking me like two, two and a half minutes to get into a match because there's so few people playing it unless I just don't know what I'm doing, which is possible, but I'm not going to sit there for two and a half minutes every time to play a five minute, you know, round of blowing cars up. So, (laughs) but it's a lot better. I will say that it's a lot better for what it's worth. So anyway, that's all I've been playing this week. It's all we've been playing this week. Let's uh let's get out of here, Travis. We've done enough. We are so close to our 90 minutes, but we made it. If you guys enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. We'll be right there waiting for you every Monday on your podcast service. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on YouTube uh, there as well. The show goes live at the same time as it does on podcast feeds. Also, if you would be kind enough to review us or leave us some star ratings or a thumbs up or however you interact with your podcast app that would be much appreciated Uh, and then finally if you could share us with a friend or a loved one uh, that would be extremely appreciated Uh, and then not finally because i forgot to mention that you can also talk to us on social media like twitter facebook instagram wordpress which is our blog and uh, we'd love to hear from you and talk playstation as always so we'll get out of here you guys take care have a good week and we will talk at you next time bye-bye